We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois, over there in the uh, wonderful Kaskaskia River Banks of Southern Illinois. And next to me, I have, who do I have with me? It sounds so nice. I'm going to plan my next vacation <laughs> in New Athens. The Jumpin' Carp. The Jumpin' Carp. Yeah. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church on the beautiful flower-lined streets and boulevards of South St. Louis. But no jumping carp, do No, you? we don't no, got no, no jumping no. carp. By the way, we want to continue our look at the Good Shepherd today, so uh, hold on for that. Uh, no sheep today, though. We kind of reconsidered that. That probably wasn't the best idea we've ever had. <laughs> no, after the cleanup last week, it got a little little, so, little messy, a little out of hand, but we tried. And, and speaking of cleaning up the mess, it reminded us that it's time to clean out the old joke refrigerator, Matt. <laughs> My Great. goodness. How many months has it been? I think I, that was way back before I think some Lent. of these spoiled since that time, <laughs> well, John. <laughs> that's the thing. We, we refrigerate all our jokes. So you can have only the freshest humor. <laughs> but sometimes, as you said, Matt, sometimes the jokes kind of get pushed to the back of the refrigerator. They, they soured a little bit, I think. Other jokes get laid on top of it. So let's see. Pip, pull that one out there, Matt. What do you think? Do you think right. that's uh, still... Yeah, well, I don't know. Is it spoiled? I think it's a little past the expiration well, date. <laughs> come on. We don't okay. want to go to waste here. Go ahead. Okay. Do you know what Adam said to Eve after their first big fight? No, no. What did he say to Eve after the first big fight? He said, hey. I wear the plants in this family. <laughs> Get the plants. The, uh, yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think that, we should have thrown that one out. Let's, get, that one, get that one from the back there. Can you get that one from the back? All right, this one should be nice right. and cold yeah, still. This one oh, okay. here we go. Here we go. Uh, how do you think the unthinkable steer into an iceberg? <laughs> how do you think the unthinkable the you steer into an iceberg? Yeah, yeah, why did okay. that? How did that even get in the fridge? Not, that should have been thrown out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we need to. I, obviously, we need to clean this fridge out a little. A more. little more that often. Joke fridge needs to be held on top of. Anyway, John Ten. <laughs> you buy like a box of baking soda or something. Is that supposed to keep things fresh? <laughs> That's right. Maybe that would help. The joke baking soda. All right, we'll rush out and get that. If somebody wants to send us a case, Arm and Hammer. Here you go. Here's your chance. The big chance. <laughs> Who right. would not want to be mentioned on Wrestling, with, wrestling the with the Basics? John 10. Now, now, there were a whole bunch. Thank you, by the way, for your emphasis on the fact that we are a flock. Yes. We are in this together. Uh, and we're in this together eternally. And, you know, that would probably change the way we would think and deal with our fellow Christians when we realize that we're going to be with these people forever. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. I think there's some truth to that. So we were talking about the Good Shepherd last week. We began that in the flock. And and think about that. You're, those those brothers and sisters of Christ, those fellow sheep of the flock, you're going to be with forever and ever and ever. Yeah. So keep that in mind when you talk to them or when <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you know, when you, you sift strife <laughs> with them and disagreements with them and uh, if the voters meeting at church gets contentious, you're going to be with this person for eternity. Now, in heaven's going to be a little different. It's going to be it, perfect. But it will be because we'll all know the height, the depth, the breadth, yes. and the length of the love of God. Whereas sometimes we're 
struggling with that. We we don't know that fully now, but then we will be fully known, Paul says. So, yeah. Yeah. So here's what we want to do. Can, can we read a few verses? Because actually it was ironically, we, we said we wanted to talk about the Good Shepherd, and yet Jesus never calls himself that. So I, I want to pick up with a few verses, and then with your permission, I would like to go back to the stuff you were talking about last week. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so could you start there with... Uh, um, well, why don't you actually start with verse 7? Because I don't think we read those verses, but they kind of pick up on what we have. Okay, let's do that. Uh, so, again, Jesus is now explaining it to the disciples who didn't quite understand the sheep and shepherd business. Yep. And he goes on and says, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking, Matt. We have this parable, uh, and, and it's filled with all of these images, and now let's see if we can unpack some of them. Um, I'll take the first one. Can I volunteer for the first one? Yeah, go ahead, John, please. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the shepherd. <laughs> Wait a second. Get the easy one. Well, why the biggie. Think, why do you think I raised my hand so quickly? <laughs> so obviously the shepherd is Jesus. You know, we appreciate that because, well, that's what he says. Yes. I am the good shepherd. So thank you for clarifying that. That's pretty well settled. We know who that is. So now you get to take the uh, thieves and robbers. Wait, so that's all you <laughs> Well, we're taking turns here. All right. All right. So uh, no, seriously, so, so I mean, thank God we know who the good shepherd is. And that's the key thing, as you yes, emphasize. So what do you, who do you think the thieves and robbers are? Well, the thieves are, and robbers... Uh, people who do not have the best interest of the sheep in mind. Okay, that's so for the, sure. the good shepherd, he loves the sheep, he cares for the sheep, he feeds the sheep, protects the sheep. Yeah. The thieves and robbers, they don't have the best interest in mind. So people that maybe the re Jewish religious leaders and others of that day certainly would apply who act with selfish interests to preserve their power and their authority and their place uh, and not with the best interest of the sheep in mind. Because guess what? They... They try to get rid of the shepherd himself. You know, that's that's the biggest thing they do. But but they don't care for the sheep the way this good shepherd does. In fact, they, they maybe don't care for them at all. They care for themselves. Well, and one, one of the key things that comes with the thieves and the robbers is they do not come in by the door, which, you know, Jesus really, could you make it a little simpler? <laughs> I mean, because he, he, he says he's the door and he's, he's the good the shepherd. At the same time, yeah. At the same time, which I suppose is to emphasize the centrality of Jesus. I just thought of that. It's all about him. Yeah, yeah, it is all yeah, no matter what image you're looking at, it's always going to end up with Christ. But certainly that's the definition then. These are people that are trying to get at the sheep other than through Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And I think of that that doorness of it in when when sheep would be in a pen especially out in the, yeah. the field. Okay. If there wasn't a, a formal door or a formal gate, yeah. the shepherd would lay down in front of the gate. And then ah. that way if if a thief tried to come, if a, a wolf tried to come, they would have to get through the shepherd first. So I think that's kind of neat. So in, in that respect, if that's what we're looking at, the gate and the shepherd are really one and the same. 
I like that Because thought. the shepherd is the gate. So literally, he is the door <laughs> yes. as well as the shepherd. Yeah. Because he's the one that has to... Yeah. If it wasn't for him, then the, sh- the, the, the robbers and the thieves would be getting it Exactly, the yeah. And so okay. he's that only access to the sheep, but it's only the, the way the sheep can get out. So, okay. you know, it kind of picks up on that image, I think, of, of being the way and the truth and the life. He's the way out, the way to eternal life. Yeah. Um, but... In that respect, it's kind of not a, a really a mixed metaphor. It's it's the same one. He is the shepherd, and as the shepherd, he's also the gate to that pen. I like that. I like that. That that brings it all yeah. together. But again, I think the centrality of this Jesus. He, he's all. He's it all. He's he's the one who, who protects and gives access, and uh, does all those things because he has the sheep's best interest in mind. Okay, so we, we got thieves and robbers, <clears throat> which which I would assume would be anybody that tries to take the sheep away from the the, the shepherd. That's the, they're trying to seize yes. him and take him away from the shepherd. Okay, it's my turn. I'll, I'll take the next one. The wolf, the wolf, who is said to what? To uh, scatter and uh, where's the other word there? Uh, snatches and scatters them. Yeah, I think that's Satan. I think that's the devil. Okay? I think you're probably right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, because you know it's it's mixing metaphors as we said last yes. week, but it's the same basic picture. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. All right, so I think that's the wolf here. Is that's who he is? He's the one that just wants to swallow up the the sheep of, of Jesus Christ. Wants to go. That's right. Which, which, by the way, I hope people understand that if anybody is having problems right now, and we do have problems, we have struggles. Would you understand the source of that is probably coming from the devil? Uh, well, in fact, I'll say more than probably it, it is because God's <laughs> incapable yeah. of doing evil. So it's got to be coming from the devil, and and that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to scatter us, separate us from our shepherd, and and swallow us up. Yeah, right. and I so the, the the wolf, but then also I think as we're talking about the devil. Yeah, you know, verse ten calls it says the the thief. You know, uh, singular, Ooh. and the, that thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. Oh, so and, that really fits the devil and too. I, I doesn't think so it? too. So I mean, and and yes, the devil perhaps working through all those thieves. Okay. Yeah. But but Satan, the thief, who wants to kill and steal and destroy, like you said, devour. I think that really fits Satan too. So, so, and I appreciate that because then Jesus is, if Jesus is at the center of everything that is good and the protection and the salvation and the coming in and out and the pasture and all of that, uh, then, then the devil is the center of all the evil and wicked. There, there yeah. may be other robbers that are working yep. for him, but he is, I, and that is in the singular there? Yeah, the thief. The yeah, thief. verse oh, 10. cool. And the fact, read those words again. What does he do? The thief comes only to steal oh, wow. and to kill wow. and destroy. Okay. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Okay, so we've got these really, really strong images of Jesus, the good shepherd, and the devil who is both a thief and a wolf and everything. Well, there's only one left, Matt. It's the hired hand. Now, who might that be, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, Jeff. We're going pretty deep today, aren't we? We are going deep. Okay, so what does the hired hand do? Yeah. Um, Yeah. The hired hand... He doesn't seem to care much for the sheep either, right? Well, now, he's obviously interested in his own skin. Yeah, yeah he's not a shepherd. He doesn't own the sheep. No. Nope. The, the wolf scatters them uh, because he cares nothing for the sheep, it even says in verse 13. Um, so, again, I would say some of those people that have maybe set them up as, as shepherds and leaders uh, of the people and yet care nothing about the sheep. So, again, I would say some of the religious leaders of the day who are, again, looking out for themselves more than they are for the sheep. And and now now we're honestly people, Matt and I have not prepared this. We're just winging it, asking the Holy Spirit to help and guide us. Uh, so in that light, do you think there might be a distinction between uh, the robbers and the hired men? That the robbers actually might be people from outside 
uh, you know, from other religions, uh, false teachers that are not Christian. And, and so the hired hand would be those that are within the church. Or are we pushing that point too much? Oh, boy. You know, I, I hesitate to push it too much and just, you know, you know try to allegorize everything, you yeah, know, every little yeah. bit here. But yeah, that's true, it too. Seems to, and it seems to make sense. And certainly you're right in that there is a threat in both ways, right? Yeah. And we need to be conscious of that, that those outside the church seeking to, to threaten and devour the flock, but even sometimes those within the church, you know, um, the hypocrites within the church, yeah. you might call them, seeking selfish gain for the sake of the flock. And certainly we, we see that sometimes today. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there there, there was an art. Well, I don't want to get too close to home here, but I, well, I just read something recently where, yeah, there was someone who, a, a pastor recently yeah. who was claiming to see visions and God speaks to him directly. And, uh, you know, and God... You got over that, though, didn't you, Matt? <laughs> okay. No. I wasn't going to name names, John. No, it was not No, me. it wasn't you. But 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 then when when that happens and, and you claim to you hear God's voice directly and no one else does, you know... There's a temptation, and I'm assuming this guy's probably not telling the full truth here, uh, or any of the truth. You can manipulate that message too, right? Yep. And, yeah. and and those within the church can certainly do things to manipulate, hurt, harm, fleece <laughs> the flock. And I, I think I think that's a good comparison. That yeah, the hired hand, perhaps someone within the church who doesn't care for the sheep. You know, the more we talk about it, I, I'm liking that more and more because the definition of the robber and the thief are those that are trying to come, come into the sheepfold from mm-hmm. outside. Yes. And the hired hand, obviously, would have to be there working with the sheep. So I kind of like that. There, there are things outside uh, the flock that would destroy us. There are things with inside the flock that would destroy us. Now, would you like to know where Luther goes with the hired hand? Because I never would have thought of this. But again, the more you think about it, it, it fits. Uh, um, certainly, certainly, we could do just what you had mentioned. That there are people within the church who are actually are just in it for their own advantage. Sure. Oh yeah, uh, you got uh, what uh, Eli's sons in the Old Testament, uh, and, and nothing new, right? Yep. Uh, you got you got the priests in the New Testament who you know they were just trying to make a lot of money. That's why you got animal salesmen. That's why you got money changers, and temple taxes, and temple, all this yeah. other stuff. Um, but Luther says that he thinks that the hired hands are those who preach nothing but the law. Uh, now, now they're, they're trying to be good. They, 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 they understand God's commandments. They want to teach people the will of God. But, but the reason he thinks the hired hands are those that only preach the law rather than the shepherd and the door mm-hmm. is because they can't fight the wolf off. And, and when the wolf comes, there's nothing they can do about it. They just have to run away. And I thought, well, that's true because if all we've given the sheep is the law, they really have no tools to fight off this ravenous wolf thief yep. who comes to kill and destroy. Yep. And, and you know, you were talking about the sheep last week, and, and it's fun. See, see, Matt and I get to have fun every week because we just take the Word of God and we let the Spirit lead us and move us. Um, I had never thought before, oh, man, I wish we had the sheep here. Why didn't we bring the sheep back? <laughs> well, okay. Because what would, you, what, what would you give to a sheep that would help him fight off the wolf? What could you possibly give a sheep so that he could fight off a wolf by himself? What kind of directions, what kind of rules would you give him so he could fight off uh, the wolf by himself? Sheesh. Play dead, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's going to work really good. Yeah, just lay there. That might work with a bear, but it doesn't work with a wolf. No, I don't think there is any advice that you could give to a sheep to fend off a predator. I mean, they're they're 
you're pretty helpless. That that yeah, give them a gun. They haven't got fingers. <laughs> they couldn't pull the trigger. I was thinking that we could maybe have like rocket missiles that could be strapped to their backs or something. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> But who who would press the fire button? You know, again, the no no opposable thumbs gets in the way. That's the biggest problem. And and run away, but like you say, there's little short sheepy legs, and the wolves are much quicker. They are pretty vulnerable um, on their own. But see, that's what it dawned on me. That's the whole point. We are sheep. We are totally indefensible on our own against a wolf. There's nothing I could possibly tell you that you could do that would defend you against the attacks. Uh, and the the accusations of the devil, because yeah. uh, that's what Satan means. He is the accuser. Yeah, uh, and that's where I thought Luther. What a, what a powerful insight. We really do need to have a shepherd, don't we? Yeah. There's no chance we're going to survive the wolf, uh, and that's the problem with the hired hand. He he thinks it's something he can do. It's he thinks it's something he can teach the sheep to do. If you just follow these directions, but no, no, honestly, think about it. If you're a sheep, directions aren't going to help you. That isn't going to solve the problem. Yeah. No law. Well, we'll uh, give you what you need. You gotta have a shepherd. Now, oh, that's good. now, Matt. Though here's the crazy thing that we talked about a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. What, what's the key thing that Jesus describes himself? What makes him the good shepherd? Oh, well, because the good shepherd, he says in the same breath, lays down his life for the sheep. Said it twice, didn't he? Yeah. In fact, both times he says, "I'm the good shepherd." He immediately follows. I lay down. Now, here's the thing I was thinking of. Now we hear this obviously. And what do we think of right away? Oh, think of the the, the cross. Yeah. And the Good yeah. Friday, Jesus laying down his life, dying for the sheep. But can you imagine what the disciples must have thought? All right, you're the good shepherd. Oh, okay, we'll <clears throat> buy that because, like you said last week, there's all kinds of Old Testament images about God, the Messiah being the shepherd. No problem, Jesus. Yeah, you are. What? You're the shepherd that what? Yeah, dies. No, that doesn't make any sense. Is that not exactly what Peter says? He says, Lord, this this will never happen never to you. Never happen to you. What good does it do to have a dead shepherd? So you tell me, Matt, what good does it to have a dead shepherd? Well, really none. <laughs> oh, yeah? Right? If the shepherd's dead, you can't be protected. You know, That's I, the point. That's the home. problem. That's why this cannot happen to you, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think if I was one of the disciples, I'd probably speak up right along with Peter at this point and say, Jesus, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, if you're going to be our shepherd, there really are thieves and wolves out there. Uh, you need a guard and protect us. Be with us. Yeah. A corpse doesn't do much to protect you. And And so that's the dilemma. And that's our dilemma. Because a lot of times it does seem like he's a dead shepherd because when I've got problems, where is he at? When the wolf's knocking at my door, why isn't he standing beside me with his shepherd's crook? It seems like he's off doing something. I don't know, getting a snack, taking a break. I don't know. Um, but, but of course, the, the, the thing is, is actually if, if it's true that we are these not just sheep, but we are lost sheep. Isn't that what the Bible says? It's not just that we're sheep, but surely we like sheep. Sheep have gone astray. Yeah, yeah. Every one of us, it says, then perhaps that is what we need is a shepherd who would lay down his life for us, a shepherd who would give his life up as a ransom for us. Isn't that what Jesus said? Mm -hmm. I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. We precisely do need the shepherd. That's what makes him good, that he would lay down his life, that he would sacrifice for us. 
Uh, and put Matt, we could go to the passages, and Peter, we could go to the passages in Isaiah, where it says, surely his griefs have been laid upon him, uh, his wounds have healed us. Yeah, th- this was necessary to have a dying shepherd. Uh, the disciples didn't understand it. We, we don't understand it in the midst of our suffering, but that's okay, whether we understand it or not, as long as we know it's a fact. He's the good shepherd, and he did suffer and die for us. But now here's my final thought. Still, it's not so good to have a dead shepherd, but that's not the end of the story, is it? No. Yeah. Good. Not at all. Tell, Good. tell us the end of the tell, story. Oh, here, well, right? we can read the end in a second. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, verse 17, Jesus tells us here in, in, in John 10, uh, for this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, but I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. So, I mean, I, I love that because it's it talks about why he lays it down. It's yeah. out of love, right? Um, I lay it down of my own accord. It's his choice. Um, That's why he's truly good, because he chooses to lay down his life for us, the sheep, which is, I mean, mind-blowing when you think about that. No real shepherd would ever do that. ignorant, lost sheep. Yeah, why waste your blood for them? But But that shepherd... He has the authority to take it up again. Yeah. And so, yeah, a dead shepherd's not going to do us anything. That, that That's an act of love and sacrifice. And, yeah, that's great. And, and, and redemption, like you said, buying us back, good. But yet he takes it up again. He doesn't stay dead. So he is with us today, right? Yeah, and you know what? I, I actually have a little shivers because, again, people, we didn't plan this. But I think the Holy Spirit did. I'd forgotten about that passage, Matt, and you led us right to the answer yeah, to the question. Yeah. And, and don't you think that's why the church always wants to do Good Shepherd Sunday pretty close, pretty close to Easter, while all that stuff's still fresh in our memory. Uh, the shepherd who died for us, because that's what a good shepherd does, but the shepherd who, who takes his life back again, who's, who's resurrected. Yeah. Uh, uh, we don't have a dead shepherd. we got a living shepherd. we got a shepherd who died for us for our sins. we got a shepherd that lives for the shepherd and the flock, or the sheep rather than the flock, too. So can we read one more passage, Matt? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Where are we going? Okay, go back and read uh, verse 16. Okay. Verse 16. That's cool, though, Matt. Thank you for leading yeah, us that way, God. And Jesus says, and I have... And I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, gonna okay. cause it's, I'm sorry. My mind's okay. rushing here. No, just... See, that's how that's how Matt and I... Because like you said, there was a guy that had visions. Oh, the Holy Spirit's come upon me. Well, yeah, maybe. But you can tell for a fact that Matt and I had had a vision, had the Holy Spirit working. Because where did we lead the people the back word. to? The Word. Yeah, right. not that to any opinions or what you and I think yeah. or premonitions. Yeah. No, to, to what God's Word says, yeah. right? So then that's a, that's, that's, reliable. A, that's a done deal. So read one more word from God. Then okay, would, uh, verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they'll listen to my voice. And so there will be one flock and there will be one uh, shepherd. Uh, all right. So there you go. He, he he had to rise from the grave, didn't he? Because how could he possibly speak to the sheep? How could he possibly gather more to his flock unless he was going to be the shepherd who had taken his life back? And here's what I really like about this verse, Matt. Who's he talking about? Who are the other sheep that he's gathered together into the one shepherd and the one flock? Well, it's just this... Not just the disciples there, not just the Jews, nope. but Gentiles, and not just those of his day as he walked the earth, but even us today. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, 
Yeah. So so now we've actually come full circle to your point last week about the fact that it's always a they. It's never just an individual. And we need to remember it's the they that not only includes the people that you and I know now, but it includes the people that we loved and cared for who have already gone to the heavenly sheepfold. It includes the people that are yet to come, the, the children of our children and our grandchildren's children, and the people all the way back from the very beginning of the world. One flock, one shepherd. Is that not a beautiful, beautiful It is beautiful. And, and when we'll see that picture fulfilled is in heaven itself at the return of the good shepherd. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been fun. It's been fun. We hope you'll join us again next week for Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. Basics.